0: Rap and mimosa, these bars in the hoster. Pouring up a drink, put my name on the poster. Women who could rap make you come a little closer. Step out the whip, drop a tip to my chauffeur. New guest on my list. Champagne's by my hips. It's time to get lit. Y'all know what it is. It's time to rap, 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 rap and mimosas. Woo! <laughs> and welcome to another great live episode of Rap and Mimosas. Today's topic is all about self sabotage. Mm. how we sabotage ourselves in business mm. love and the list goes on okay today we have a great guest i know i have a guest on every episode and her name is brianna brianna go ahead and say hi to the people
1: hi people i'm happy to be here excited to dive into my business whatever that means Um, and yeah excited to also dive into some more champagne
0: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) now um, as you all know I have sponsors now I do not have a sponsored mimosa this week however I am sipping on some rose Mm bella okay feeling real you know just a little little razzle dazzle and of course you all know that my location is the urban of Miami Florida Looking for a hot place to be every Friday. We have Vibe After Five here. So please check out The Urban if you are ever in Miami or if you live in Miami. The Urban Miami, Florida. Now, we already know that Brianna here is going to end up rapping. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe more than once. Okay. Um, So I want to give that disclaimer. Brianna is not a rapper, nor am I. There's no record deals on the table. This is just all good fun okay now brianna for those who don't know Mm -hmm. uh not only where are you from originally but what do you do
1: so i am from tallahassee florida and at this point um i live in atlanta georgia but recently moved from new orleans louisiana and what i do um in this season is enjoy my black ass life because i'm on a sabbatical and so what that means is just spending a year working on myself,
0: investing in myself, and um, learning myself. First of all, everybody can't just take sabbatical, so we, That's why I mean we're gonna get into your business, <laughs> right? Of what it what a sabbatical looks like. Okay, at least for her. Mm-hmm. All right, um, because I don't know, and I don't know. Maybe someone in the audience has, but I never met anyone who took a sabbatical mm. from work at this age, especially. You know, I've heard people retiring. But I've never heard of anyone being like, I'm just not at this age going to work for a year, you know, and be okay with it because I know I'm not in that position yet. So we're going to talk about that a bit. But, you know, the main topic for today is self-sabotage. So before we actually go further, um, let's talk about what is self-sabotage to you?
1: Hmm. I think I think of self-sabotage mainly through my thoughts. Um, I think of it as something that is so intrusive that it stops me from doing what I intended to do or what I was trying to achieve. Or it even stops me from getting into the space where I think about achievement and maybe I just have this spirit of defeat.
0: Mm. And if you're watching live right now, feel free to tell me what is self-sabotage to you all as well? When I think of like self-sabotage, and idea of sabotaging myself, I think of literally like anything that puts a hindrance on me from me, Mm -hmm. right? So whether that be my thoughts, whether that be actions that I do consciously or even subconsciously, because sometimes we subconsciously self-sabotage ourselves um, and don't realize that we're doing it. And it's funny because now at this age, I can actually call out when I see other people doing self-sabotage. I was watching uh, a old season of Bad Girls Club for some reason, <laughs> like season two, right? Back when I actually used to watch the show in like middle school or high school. And this girl was in this relationship. If you ever watched Bad Girls, Bad Girls Club from season two, there was this girl who was like a stripper, a porn star, all this stuff, right? And she was engaged to this man who loved her dirty draws. okay? Mm. But what she ends up doing is like being like, well, I'm not a normal girl and I can't be with him. So she cheats on him and then pretty Mm -hmm. much pushes him away and then says, I want to take a break. And then he was just like, all right, if you want to take a break, whatever that means, like, cause it's not like, she was like, oh, we don't do anything anymore. We're boring, this, this and that. And he was just like, life is not always about to be some woo party, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And she was like, I don't care. Like, and he was like, okay. But then what ends up happening, she tries to go get this tattoo. She's crying every day. She's drinking. She was just like, you know, she had the other guy in her bench. She was like, I just, I want Tyler, whatever his name was. I want Tyler to be the one that's here. And I just wish I was a normal girl because then I could love him. Mm. And I was watching, I was just like, I just kept saying self-sabotage. So, so every time she made a, a statement mm-hmm. that dealt with how she pretty much wasn't deserving of him. Because that was ultimately what it came down to when people talked to her. This feeling of not being deserving, Mm -hmm. right? So she would rather cheat and push him away and say, well, I'm a bad girl and that's what bad girls do. So Hmm. that's, you know, go, you know, he can go away. But then, of course, it becomes, oh my gosh, Tyler, I'm so sorry. Please take me back. Mm -hmm. Right? And Tyler just like, nah. Yeah. You know, nah. Like, you do do too much, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes when we're in relationships with people whether it's friendships or family sometimes when we're in business you know business propositions there's this element of Mm self-sabotage that we do where do you think self-sabotage comes from you all and you can answer that question too where does self-sabotage actually come from and maybe do you have a excuse me a moment where you realize damn i self-sabotage myself
1: I would say when I experience moments that I've self-sabotaged myself, it definitely came from my fears. I think fear is very powerful. And, um, the root of a lot of the things that I have reflected on, right? When I was doing something that just didn't make sense and worked against me was usually the result of fear, right? And so sometimes that fear is not explicit to your point earlier about, um, Maybe something is subconscious, right? Um, I know that there are things that may have happened in that experience that weren't. Oh, I'm gonna go out and cheat, <laughs> and that's because I want to end this relationship. But ultimately, oh, she, she she did. Oh what? Oh, see, I didn't watch it. So it ba- yeah, bad, she y'all. was
0: like, yeah, you know, <laughs> Tyler's great, but Scott's here right now, and fuck like, it, I'm a. I was like, oh.
1: Well, and even in that right explanation it's so void of this concept of i'm afraid i'm not good enough for him Mm -hmm. which is what i think it sounds like you're saying is at the root of some of the things that came out later in Mm -hmm. interviews so i think that sometimes i tell myself either i'm not good enough for this amazing experience something's too good to be true like all of these things have me looking for the fault and looking for something to be wrong and thus creating energy that really supports self-sabotage in my case
0: Hmm. i would agree i would definitely say like it's the feelings of not good enough and then sometimes like having to take a moment to think what from my past has ever taught me that i'm not worthy
1: mm-hmm. right
0: like what was it was it something implied was it something explicitly told to me was it something that someone did or didn't do Mm -hmm. right that might have been a need that i i didn't at the time realize it was a need but now it's this deep-seated need and because it wasn't met by a parent or a guardian or you know was neglected in some way shape or form has Mm -hmm. turned into feelings of I'm not worthy, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think about like this idea of self-worth, you know, that's something that as young as a child, that's something that people teach us Mm -hmm. through how they treat themselves, Mm -hmm. but also in how they like talk to us and how they treat us and reward us, especially at a young age of like, this is what your self-worth actually is. So for a while, I used to attach my self-worth to my hair, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? Mm -hmm. Because of the fact that, the the one thing I got complimented on was my hair. Before I had an afro, you know, these are faux locks. If you if you follow the show, you know that I normally have an afro of some sort. But before any of that. Mm-hmm. I had my hair relaxed, laid, dyed, fried to the side, okay? Mm-hmm. Or was it fried, dyed, laid to the side? Something of that nature. One of them. One of them. <laughs> and when I would wear my hair like that, you know, my hair used to be like, when I first got to relax, my hair was like mid back mm-hmm. and things like that. And I always got these compliments of, oh my gosh, your hair is so pretty. Mm-hmm. And it would be the first thing people would say.
1: Yeah.
0: But no, but it, they would say, you're pretty. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you know, your personality is great unless I was put, doing something performative, mm-hmm. right? But it just became always about my hair. Mm -hmm. So after a while, I just equated my beauty to my hair. Mm -hmm. And I created, like, my worth to performances. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, at one point my hair broke off, Mm -hmm. right? Because I I was still learning how to do my own hair, Mm -hmm. you know? So late middle school, early high school, I was putting too much heat. My hair broke off. Mm -hmm. And I lost my mind. Mm. I lost my mind. I I, I would boo-hoo cry. I was like, no one's going to think I'm pretty anymore. Mm. In my mind, my, my worth was attached to my hair. My worth was attached to me performing on stage or performing at a church, right? Because that was what I got complimented on. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't getting the, oh my gosh, the Chandra, you know you're such a you know resilient young girl the way that you failed that test but you're coming back that like it was never a compliment on my personality and I realized a lot of times that may happen it was just surface level Mm -hmm. so my worth was attached to only surface level things Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the depth of actually having self-worth until Mm -hmm. Mm post-college right because everything that was complimented to me was some something else so when I think about like self-sabotage it comes from once again this deep-seated like i don't feel worthy because of blank and a lot of times the stuff that make us not feel worthy is something once again a need was not met like for me i didn't really know the inner worth within myself Mm -hmm. i feel so because that was something not taught to me because that was something that said to me it was very easy for me to not feel worthy if it wasn't going to be something based off of my performance or my hair or my looks in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. so if it's something relying on any other skill I'm like I I can't do it I don't think I can do it I'm not worthy of X Y and Z because I don't think I'm good at that and I don't think I'm good at that because all of my validation Mm -hmm. came from external sources Mm -hmm. about performing and looks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a lot of times like that started this self concept of like you know I used to wear a bang all the time mm. because I got a compliment so much on my hair, especially when I had a bang. Everyone said the bang framed my face nice. So when I first, I remember I joined my uh, sorority. <laughs> and I remember I was doing something. I was like, why you got that bang, girl? Just move the bang. I was like, ah, no. Yeah. Know? <laughs> I needed the bang because I associated my looks like with having either a swoop yeah. or having a bang. Yeah. The idea of not having either of those things, I felt like my beauty was not my actual face mm-hmm. but once again something dealing with my hair mm-hmm. and if my hair was not present in front of my face I was not beautiful
1: yeah yeah. that's that is something that I think um, you know one of the things that you said that really stood out to me is like when you're seeking your understanding of your worth externally mm-hmm. and the vulnerable position that that can put you in and so one of like my most um, exciting dating experiences um, was with a guy who I just had such a deep connection to this guy. Right, um, gonna be withholding names. <laughs> okay, we gonna call him John. We'll call him John. John Doe. We'll call him John Doe. Um, but what I really appreciated about him is there was a bit of a mystery, and there was this moment where I was like, "Hmm, something." You know, especially when we're dating, sometimes we look for things, right? And this is, again, going down this self-sabotage, like, road. And I was like, something feels weird. Like, I feel so connected to this guy. Everything's going great. And I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. And so I talked to him about it because we talked about everything. And um, we talked it out. And I realized that he had given me every type of affirmation, confirmation, validation, as it related to my mind, as it related to things that I shared with him about my goals, to things that I shared about, you know, um, my own awareness. And I felt so comfortable opening up to him. But he didn't do some of the other things that I had experienced in dating, which was a focus on my physical. And I kept finding myself wondering, like, is he really attractive to me? Mm. And despite the fact that we spent all this time on the phone, despite the fact that we were sharing all of these things, I still felt myself like scraping or looking for something to be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, something is off. And so we talked through it. And one of the things that was really powerful about that is I was able to bring that up with him. And we actually ended up coming out with something totally unexpected, which was this idea of, What is the value of someone thinking that you're beautiful and why does that matter to you and what do you do when they don't right what does that do to you how does that change you how do you allow that to have power over you and ultimately i was dating men that did do that stuff and it was i was like oh yeah that's like the fill in the blank compliment like i don't that doesn't move me so why was i looking for that from him And it was just really a a powerful self-awareness moment for me Mm -hmm. to understand that when I was in school, what I was praised for was my ability to follow through and pull off all the things, juggle all the things. And now I am at a point where like this sabbatical is absolutely necessary and I'm pausing and I'm saying that my value is not in productivity. And for black women, that is a, a hell of a statement to make because we are literally... Um, I think that we have a lot on our backs. Mm -hmm. And so when I tell people I'm doing a sabbatical, the first reaction is confusion, shock, like, you don't mean a sabbatical. And then when I tell them I'm doing it for a full year, same thing. And so, again, some of the things that we have internalized and said, this is my value, can also contribute to that self-sabotage. Because if somebody tells you that you're good at climbing trees, but you're a fish you're still going to be like, well, let me just keep climbing these trees, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, because somebody else told me I was good at it, even if I don't like it, even if I don't enjoy it, um, even if it's not something that I'm interested in, I'm, I'm going to keep climbing trees, because that's what they said I was Mm -hmm. good for.
0: Absolutely, you know, I think that it's so important to note, like, this idea of, like, Mm -hmm. once again, if we're not, And I do believe it's something that's taught at a young age. If we're not taught at a young age to affirm ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And I can't speak for every person, but I know for me, it was not taught that I should affirm myself. Mm. I had to learn over time the importance of affirming me, LaChandra. And I remember like... Because I, I was always performing, I was in theater, I was doing everything in church. And when I was, you know, in college, I was performing and doing a lot of stuff with my sorority or doing stuff with these different organizations. And then when I left and I, I left and I started to teach, you know, fresh out of college, I had no idea who I was outside of any of that. Mm. I had no idea who I was outside of my sorority because it was my first time as an adult, adult being separated from that norm. I had no idea who I was mm. as a woman i did i was like what do i enjoy doing for fun mm-hmm. you know like um <laughs> it's teaching really for me mm-hmm. wait this doesn't feel right what does that mean there was no idea of what that was so what i started to do was search externally for things to fill that gap and for me that often would be in the form of relationships Mm -hmm. right and being performative in those spaces Mm -hmm. so i wasn't spending still the time on myself even though i started to kind of search for the idea of a therapist um i also started to like i got into this relationship god swept me off my feet and i immediately became susie homemaker Mm -hmm. right i'm you know cooking at least once or twice a week i'm helping clean the house that i don't live in and washing dishes and to the point where um you know I was so used to being with him I still had no idea what I like to do for fun Mm -hmm. it was work him him work and then at one point he started to want to do more stuff you know with himself with his boys so then it was like what what do I do and I was so I was clingy a little bit and he was Mm -hmm. just like yo you got to figure out you know you Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so when I started to figure out me though then that became a problem because then it was like well wait dang you doing all this stuff by yourself because i'm like i'm trying to figure it out i'm getting back involved in theater you know but still i was going from performing as a girlfriend to now i'm going to perform in this show Mm -hmm. and i still had no type of intrinsic value and when you don't have your own affirmations going on on who you are as a person Mm -hmm. i'm allowing other people to define me So if they told me, whatever they told me, I would absorb, Mm -hmm. right? Oh my gosh, you're such a great person. Thank you, yes I am. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you're horrible. Oh my gosh, I'm horrible, Mm -hmm. right? And what it would a, a lot of times lead to is, I would spiral, and the spiral would lead to me, you know, grasping for straws mm-hmm. of some sort mm-hmm. and my self-sabotage often wasn't me like sabotaging relationships mm-hmm. it would be like in the form of me just neglecting myself yeah and yeah. i think like for me like self-sabotage is anytime you are a hindrance to yourself and to your own growth mm-hmm. so i'm gonna hold on to this relationship that i know is not working mm-hmm. right longer than i possibly should have because of the simple fact that I need something to hold on to. I'm gonna hold on and stay in this job because I'm scared of what it looks like to let go of it and find something new. I'm gonna stay in this spot and do these things. And that was my version of sabotaging myself because I was hindering my own growth. Mm -hmm. Like leaving that relationship, it's painful, but then it leads to a new area of growth, Mm -hmm. right? If you do the work. And anytime you stop yourself from doing the work on you, is a moment of self-sabotage. So I want to ask this next question, (laughs) right? All right. (laughs) Let's talk about what led you to the sabbatical. Mm, Okay, Okay. right? Because you're in this current space of like, I need to work on me. Mm -hmm. What led you to saying, I need to work on me to the point where I want to halt anything else right now? as far as work how like because you know a lot of times it's like okay yeah i'll stop dating for a year but i still got to work so what Mm -hmm. does this sabbatical look like and how did you get here
1: yeah that's interesting i guess i went through um several like false start moments so i was in education um in an education nonprofit in the leadership world and it came with its own um challenges but ultimately I decided that okay um it's been it's been a couple years it's time for me to work on the thing that um I'm really excited about because when I came into that work I was doing things that were much different versus you know when I got into leadership it wasn't things that I was truly passionate about and so I decided to leave but before I could leave <laughs> there was a pandemic there was a complete shutdown. There was a complete reframing of the programming um, that we were doing. And so you can imagine how stressful mm-hmm. that environment was, right? And so it felt like a pressure cooker. But I told myself in my self-sabotage way that um, I'm going to take a break, but I'm going to you know, start going deeper into my marketing, consulting work, and I'm going to launch my agency part-time not true I I basically dived in full time had a waiting list was hiring contractors to sustain all of the interest and I was also overwhelmed I went from one frying pan to one fire to you know whatever the next level up is from that I was I was simply wiped out and I told myself because I would be working for myself it would be better that I would be happy Mm. and that I knew that I could do marketing, and that that was probably my work because I could do it. But the truth was, I could do it well, people would pay me for it, but I didn't enjoy it. And so, I had a mentor at the time who kind of nudged me and was like, yeah, you know, you had mentioned doing a sabbatical after you left 4.0, what happened? I was like, oh... (laughs) not that (laughs) and i i suppose there were some moments that happened of course across the pandemic like we all naturally were impacted in different ways but what i realized was like i never once let up every single time the pandemic like flared or had these like turning points everyone was talking about you know around me in my circle was like oh we finally got a chance to slow down i was not slowing down for some reason i was picking up more and more and more and i was killing myself, you know? And so um I had been very diligent with my saving. I had been very diligent with so many things because I also had this scarcity mindset. Mm. And it's so interesting how sometimes we like slam these things as being all negative, but sometimes they also have some um things that we benefit from because mm-hmm. ultimately like we learn those skills because they were to protect us. Yeah. So I had a uh, ton of saving that I had been doing because I was so scared of not being financially secure and I also had known in my heart that like I I wasn't happy and fulfilled doing the marketing work so I decided to start asking myself what would it look like to fire clients and I asked myself that enough to actually start to dream about not working with them anymore and for me my personality my makeup once i think something you know the thoughts are powerful because my heart follows and once my heart follows i am there like i am either in it or i'm not in it and i decided at first to do six months and once i got on the six-month train i realized there was more scarcity mindset and i said nope i'm gonna do a full year and i also struggled with calling it a sabbatical. But it was so much um, personal um, struggle, right, in that, and there was a reason, um, and that reason for me to be very clear about it being a sabbatical is exactly what you said when we first started. You don't know anyone Mm -hmm. at my age who has done a sabbatical. I have sat across from people who are retiring, and they look at me like, how dare you? But I have also said across from black women, and every single time I talk about it, they're like, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's very intentional for me, one, to use the word sabbatical, and two, for me to commit to this gift, right? This, this absolute privilege and blessing, because I have been given the opportunity to do something that so few people get to do. Mm-hmm. And I have invested in so many people. I have invested in so many companies. I have been worked worked and worked so why am i not looking at myself as worthy enough for an investment for me Mm. right like to think of the ability to spend one year just working on investing in myself is such a gift and i think i'm a damn good investment so Mm. that's how i got here like i am going to see what happens when i say i'm going to give myself a year of time I'm going to give myself a year of resources. I'm going to give myself a space and support that surface as I'm doing this work that I might need. And so that's how, yeah, that's how that unfolded.
0: Okay, so now you're in this sabbatical and you're learning new things about yourself as you're going through the sabbatical, right? So... The question now, of course, leads to and this because we're talking about this this idea of this concept, right, of self sabotage. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when I've been doing some recent like self assessing and looking at ways that I have self sabotaged my own growth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right. And a lot of times <laughs> it's like I'll make a decision, I'm gonna stop teaching, right, and I stop teaching, and then you know, scar scarcity mindset. I had a plan, mm-hmm. right. I was like, oh, I got. This, this, and that lined up and none of it worked, mm-hmm. which had me grasping for straws. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you just jump straight to the, to that part. But then what I would do is go back to like the old habit of like, oh, here's a guy that I like, mm-hmm. right. Let me talk to this guy. Cause it's been a while since I talked to a guy or however long let me talk to this guy while I'm also going through this rough transition. Mm -hmm. And then what ends up happening is (laughs) I'm trying to focus on me and my transition Mm -hmm. while balancing a new whole person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's dumb because Mm -hmm. now this person is demanding of something that I probably may not be able to wholeheartedly give, Mm -hmm. right? So once again, I can't focus entirely on my growth because now I'm adding more baggage Mm -hmm. on top of it so now i'm sabotaging my growth and it's taking a little bit longer then i'll leave the situation focus on me again for a bit i'm making progress and then boom Mm -hmm. a year has gone by or however much time has gone by and it's not to say that you can't have someone while you work on yourself but i do strongly believe that you want to make sure that you're in a certain place Mm -hmm. to balance a new person Mm -hmm. right and boom Mm -hmm. here i go a year later again and I, a mm-hmm. new situation has now arrived with another person, and there I am, once again. The so things start off cool. I think, okay, I'm a good. I'm in a good place, but then it's like, nah, sis. Like you still have some things, because I still wasn't affirming myself yet wholeheartedly past the surface level. Mm. I was still very much so wanting external validation of my worth. My mentor asked me. He said. When was the last time you felt like you shined, mm-hmm. and it wasn't from you doing something performative? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever felt like I shined, and I wasn't performing in some type of way, whether it was for a person or on a stage. Mm-hmm. So, I, what, what, what have you ran into any self sabotage moments during your sabbatical?
1: Um, I think one of the things that. I don't know that this is necessarily answering that, but one of the things that struck me is even when we talk about the importance of affirmation, mm-hmm. yes, affirmation is important, right? Um, positivity is important, but I think sometimes in the work of working on yourself, people will make it sound like it's a trip to Disney world mm. and it simply isn't. It's not. It, it, it is. Um, it's a failure, to do self work that is only through this lens of positivity, I think that if I am looking at my own process um, with the sabbatical, um, a lot of folks will think like I started out setting goals and saying like, "What do I want to accomplish in this sabbatical?" One is a whole year. Um, I'm. <laughs> news slash I am in month two <laughs> April started month two so I got a long way to go so I am by no means like an expert at any of this and even at the end of the year I don't know that I would be an expert for someone else maybe for myself right because I spent that much time working on me but one of the things that I did decide um, early in my sabbatical was that assessment was more important to me but not assessment through the lens of society because I do think that that is a part of the hangups that I actually had coming into the sabbatical. So for me, I have decided to take assessment into my own hands and do reflection and think about what are the things that matter to me that I actually want to assess. And the reasons that those matter are so personal that I wouldn't give someone my assessment and be like, yeah, here you go. (laughs) Now do your sabbatical. No, I had to do that sitting. I had to ask those questions. I had to have some uncomfortable moments. I had to have some sad moments. I had to have some conversations with other people to understand things that contributed to where I'm at right now, which took 31 years. Mm -hmm. That's not a light task. And so I think sometimes when we do the affirmation work, People will do affirmations and say that they are something that they're not. And if you don't have Mm self-awareness at the heart of it, then you're gonna struggle. And so I have made some very intentional decisions, one of which you may um, be aware of um, if you have gone to my page or seen the flyer. My um, Instagram, none of my social media accounts are active. One of the reflections that I had is that if I'm going to see myself I got to get rid of some of the noise. I spent a ton of time with myself, but even in this first month, I spent more time with other people. And that's something that I've reflected on as like such a deeply ingrained habit that is from being of service to others. I literally am saying I'm focusing on myself, but I have been stretching myself in to be in all of these places right now. We are talking from Miami. I live in Atlanta. (laughs) So I am um, very much thinking of that as maybe a hurdle or not a hurdle, but definitely a learning very early on is that it's hard to sit with yourself. Mm. And if you do the work of affirmation without the work of truly seeing yourself, your affirmations can easily be lies.
0: Mm. And so
1: it's one thing to have something that you're aspiring to that you want to be, but it's another thing to be able to look at where you are right now and seeing value in both. And also looking at where you were and seeing value in that as well. And so I have taken on this lens of extreme curiosity with myself and not this lens of critical um, Mm. feedback, right? So in this process of assessment, yesterday, I did a fitness assessment. I had to run a mile, run, walk a mile, (laughs) and see what the time was. Next month, I'm going to do that fitness assessment again and see where I'm at. Now, that assessment has numbers and details that I care about. It's not my BMI because I consider that racist, right? But there are elements that I do care about. I'm looking at my blood pressure count. I'm looking at different things that are important to me based off of my own desires and where I want to be. And so similarly, I think the hang up that folks might run into is if you are doing this work of trying to achieve something trying to get somewhere Mm -hmm. and you can't be honest with yourself you can't sit in your truth you can't sit with who you are and sometimes those moments are very lonely very frustrating and very painful right but there's a lot of power in understanding yourself and that is truly the only way that i see through it like there are no shortcuts there are no cliff notes there are no YouTube videos where you can look at someone else's approach to that and copy and paste. It's really hard work that you have to do yourself.
0: Man, when I tell you to work hard, man, <laughs> <laughs> the work is hard. So, like, it reminds me of a post I sent you with Sarah Jakes, uh, you know, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and get her full name, her married name in there as well um and she did a a interview i've been watching a lot of her stuff lately but she did this interview where she was talking about like the self-reflection she had to do after her first marriage right and realizing like her first marriage had a lot of toxic stuff that happened you know infidelity and all type of stuff to the point where she ended up at child protective services Mm -hmm. because the officer was just like yeah you got y'all got too much going on in this house Mm -hmm. right and she was like oh my gosh i might lose my kids this is like one of my biggest fears Mm -hmm. and she had to really self-reflect because We can say that a person is toxic, right? That's like everyone's favorite word, the person is toxic. And that's not negating that they don't have toxic tendencies, right? (laughs) But there's a part of you that at some point you have to hold yourself accountable for. Well, how long are you going to entertain the toxicity? How long have you been not entertaining it? What about you allowed yourself to stay in it once you realize X, Y, and Z actions showed you where this relationship was going. Mm-hmm. um, Or the, the character traits of this person and realizing, like, damn, like, this, I, I've seen this before. Or my spirit, you know, being in tune with yourself, like, my spirit, my discernment is saying this is something I need to watch, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I should take a step back and watch, whatever it might be. And she said she had to realize that the relationship that she was in, right, was... Um, not the disease within itself, but like a symptom mm-hmm. of the actual disease, which was it within herself. Mm-hmm. The toxicity within herself had existed for years, mm-hmm. you know, which is why certain things that she did, because she admits that he was dating another woman when she met him. Mm-hmm. So there were certain things that she was doing, mm-hmm. right, that got her into this relationship with this man, and now being with him, having children with this man. So when you're, when I think about those type of things, it, it reminds me of like the self-work of like being honest with yourself, mm-hmm. because in order to realize that you're self sabotaging of some type of way shape or form it does take you to look at yourself and say why did I do that mm-hmm. what led me to that mm-hmm. you know um why did I sit there and entertain it for that long with another individual? Or why did I talk myself out of doing this interview mm-hmm. for this job? Or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, like, when we're talking about doing self-work, you know, you think it's gonna be pretty, but that shit be hurting. <laughs> it, sometimes you hurt your own feelings, you know. Um, My therapist asked me a question yesterday, and she was like, you know, I do wanna, like, have an accountability moment with you. And I was like, "Oh shit. <laughs> right? I was like, <laughs> Um, I like. I was literally just like, "Oh shit, man! What is it?" <laughs> and it was. She asked me the question. I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Well, here's where you know my mindset was, and yeah, it was wrong. And at the same time, learning to hold yourself accountable with grace, mm-hmm. which is another aspect of avoiding self sabotage. Okay, mm-hmm. um, in my mind, it's just like, as humans, we do we do stuff, and sometimes that stuff is dumb okay right and dumb to us right but you know I, everyone's dumb as relative but sometimes it's just like damn nah, i <laughs> i knew, right but still being able to say i yeah i could have done better mm-hmm. i learned now to like hold myself more accountable in these ways and to extend yourself to grace because it's so much ugliness that already exists in the world and so much ugliness that already comes towards us a lot of times possibly from other people or social media mm-hmm. um the last thing we need is to be ugly to ourselves, and that's something that I, I've been learning as well. Because once again, I told you, I have this, like, I'm going to absorb everything mentality sometimes. So mm-hmm. if someone tells me something good about myself, I'm absorbing it. But if someone tells me something negative about myself, because I'm, I'm not in tune, or I have not always been in tune with myself, I was more likely to absorb it. Mm-hmm and hold on to it and believe it Mm -hmm. and allow that to take root in other decisions I would make, um, Mm -hmm. with what I would go after, Mm -hmm. with what I would strive for, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times that would once again lead to me sabotaging myself or sabotaging really my own growth. Cause I got all these other opinions and I'm like not sitting with myself to say, no, this doesn't apply to me. You're projecting or no, you know what? That's how you may view me, but that's not who I am. Or you know what? Wait, you might be onto something. Let me sit with this Mm -hmm. and dissect it for myself a bit and having that type of, of hat or lens to do those things. How do you feel Mm -hmm. our, our upbringing, right? Right. Reflects in some of these ways that we've talked about self-sabotage showing up, right? So this idea of like being worker bee and having to Mm -hmm. be everywhere for everybody with you, Mm -hmm. right? To a certain degree that we can say that that might be learned behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you feel your upbringing, whether it was purposeful, a lot of times it's not, or not purposefully taught to you, Mm -hmm. affects us and how we self-sabotage? Do you feel like that's the main place where it comes from?
1: I I guess it's complicated. I think for me, I am really going to say, huh. Hmm. If there's anything that I'm reflecting on, it's the power of learned behavior. Yes right? There's learned behavior. There are the models and the the structures that you see in front of you every day that you then decide this is normal, right? This is how I behave. But there's also reinforced behavior. So, you know, in the classroom you try to control behavior in a a variety of Mm -hmm. ways, right? And one way to reinforce behavior is to encourage it through praise. Mm -hmm. And I think that society in general, right? I know a lot of times we talk about our family dynamics, but even just navigating the world. Mm -hmm. What is reinforced or encouraged in our behavior, right? And what are the questions that we regularly get, right? As a woman in the workforce, when it comes to things that are about morale or things that are about celebrating somebody's birthday why are we always approached right how is that reinforcement of our gender role Mm. in the office right and is that actually rewarded with compensation like those are things that you might pick up thinking like oh yeah yeah if i do more around the office Uh but now you're doing something that's not even getting you real recognition or real recognition at least in a way that contributes to your upward mobility mm-hmm. and so there's this world where it just feels like a add-on task that just makes sense for you like i should be doing this and so i think there's that i think i talked about the way that we praise and we um congratulate people for sometimes unhealthy um work-life balance right mm-hmm. it's like yeah like you know that person in your family or in your friend group that always is on their phone looking at work emails or always getting something done. And at the same time, that person might have an external image that is this person that has it all together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there might be all hell breaking loose in their house, right? And so a lot of the things that reinforce are not as clear as just upbringing, but Mm -hmm. definitely society in general. I think we even talk about movies and Mm -hmm. how those things can make us think that things are supposed to be a certain way and that it's the norm. And like, especially we talk about like throwback movies. I think we talk about girlfriends Mm -hmm. and that season altogether. Yeah, like all kinds of messages that we get about how things should or should not operate that we have to really unpack and see what are the things that we are pouring into ourselves mm-hmm. because just like the food that you eat, the stuff that you consume on a regular basis will influence your behavior.
0: Mm. I I have to wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, um, when we think about like how we conduct ourselves in relationships, like working with students, a lot of them, like I remember when Love & Hip Hop first started and Love and & Hip Hop started when I was like Early high school, right? And it's still going. But I think at that point, my idea of relationships was formed in a different manner to where I looked at a lot of that stuff. And first of all, I did not sort of as bad as it is now. But <laughs> I looked at a lot of that stuff that I would see on TV. And I don't think I... Like, there was times I was like, ooh this don't feel right to me so i would stop watching it right but then when i interacted like later in life with students and that was like their norm to watch mm-hmm. that every so i remember a boy came to my classroom and i was like what are you doing here and he was like looking for my female student they had exchanged phones and i was just like why y'all exchange phones and she said well he wanted to see if i was still talking to my ex and i said so he held your phone for the day and she's like yeah and I said, don't you ever do something like that again in your life. She was just, I, I said, it's one, I, I, I was like, I'm grown paying my own bill and I can't, and I've had Uh, ex-boyfriend, you know, say I want to go through your phone or we can go through each other's phones. I was like, we're not about to start this loving hip-hop toxic shit. And it's not because I have something to hide. It's one thing if it's like hey babe, can you go through my phone real quick and get this number because I'm busy. I don't have a problem doing or saying something like that if I genuinely need that. (laughs) However, the idea that you're going through my phone to look for something already means that you believe something is there. And if you have to do all that my dear, right, but where does that mindset and mentality come from when we think about the songs that we listen Mm -hmm. to what we think about, um, you know, the things that we see on TV. Someone's always cheating. This idea of love, like we don't really have a lot of love songs anymore. We have like sex songs, mm-hmm. fast and slow sex songs. Like that's really what we have. But mm-hmm. the genuine love songs, they come out, you know, once every three to six months. You yeah. might get a good, good one that's on repeat. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that in itself also introduces this concept of improper relationships or even when we see women being friends on tv and what does that look like to see friendships right because i feel like sometimes like we self-sabotage our friendships with the with the same gender especially right um this idea that women can't be friends or you know some women say well i don't trust women other women so you going into this relationship where it's possible a new friendship with the woman already being distrustful Mm -hmm. right so that means whatever she do you looking for something and if you're going into something looking for it Mm -hmm. it's one thing if it kind of pops up and it oh Mm-hmm. My my antenna's going up. It's yeah. another thing if you're going in looking for it, right? Because you're going to always find something that you're looking for mm-hmm. and you start to act accordingly. And next thing you know, we've ruined a relationship or we don't know how to communicate mm-hmm. properly anymore to just say, hey, when you did X, you know, it mm-hmm. made me feel Y. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. allowing that to lead to a resolution. Yeah. Conflict resolution is also being able to properly resolve conflicts. Resolution and learn each other's um, conversational style. Mm -hmm. Because some people, you can talk to people like, yo, that shit bothered me. It's like, oh, my bad friend. And y'all have that type of rapport. But some people, you got to... And there's nothing wrong with people that you have to, (laughs) you know, do that with. But because that's just... They might need a more emotional, loving touch. Mm -hmm. And if if you're still going to get the message across, and they're going to be receptive to it, but they just require a little bit more TLC. Just a little pat rub. It's nothing wrong with that I think we've taken this whole I'm gonna just tell you how it is whether oh you like it or not and if you can't stand it then you're a bad friend you're an fa- yeah. you op you're a fake friend you're all of these different <laughs> narratives yeah yeah I'm
1: definitely
0: tired of that very much so yeah uh, what would you say, and we'll get ready to go into the rap, y'all. Oh, God. <laughs> what would you say <laughs> is one of the number one ways, since we were talking about, like, self-sabotage, what would you say is, like, the number one way for you that you feel like you keep your self-sabotage, like, a checks and balance mm-hmm. right now?
1: Um, I'm learning the power of time. Mm. And I say that in both ways. I think time can be something that it stresses some people out. Too much time passed and they are freaking out, right? Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened yet. Why hasn't it happened yet, right? It can't happen because it hasn't happened yet. And there are a lot of narratives about people who are, um, yes, that you can look at for inspiration. Um, So that's one thing that I will say is that time is a very powerful um, thing to consider. Um, Because I realized that, Sometimes my mind works much faster um, than The rest of the variables that matter Mm -hmm. right the other person that is involved the other entity that's involved I have to give myself time to reflect and to come down because my emotions my mind all of those things are a runaway train and so if I don't actually have a process in place to sit with those things then I might let them spill out prematurely Mm -hmm. and now I've communicated something that if I had a few more rotations with it would never have even been a comment right but now it has become a whole four-page letter right (laughs) in somebody's inbox um or it has become a voicemail because they didn't answer and I couldn't talk to them and my mind went a million places or it has become An email to someone who I am working with about all the things that I'm worried about because I haven't heard back from them when meanwhile like it's just enjoying dinner with their family and they not worried about you know what I'm saying but I tell myself these very powerful stories and so sometimes I have to understand my processing style and give myself the space and time that I need so that I can actually have those moments where it's kind of like turning something into someone I don't want to give someone something that's full of inaccurate you know, depictions or spelling errors, or it's kind of like, you know how they say you can write that letter Mm -hmm. and never send it? Mm -hmm. I do a version of that. Sometimes I do a recording where I just talk about how I'm feeling. And Mm -hmm. in a couple of days, I listen to it and I'm like, well, that was some bullshit because I don't feel none of that now or none of that actually happened. And I also ask myself what is absolutely necessary to communicate and what is not. Mm -hmm. some things are mine to have and cherish and hold and never share (laughs) and that's the truth right but some things are things that need to move forward Mm -hmm. and so if i'm so bogged down in all of these other details i'm trying to hit the necessary pieces and then maybe i hold on to those other things that need a little bit more churning and at the right time when i'm ready to share i will share
0: i agree with that i would definitely say that um I have a similar, like, especially if I'm on a heightened emotion, Mm -hmm. um, I do my best not to engage with the direct person right away. So that looks like me making a voice note. That looks like me journaling. That looks like calling a good friend and, like, hey, do you have the space to, like, talk about this with me for a second? You know, that looks like sometimes it's going through the thug. It's a process by myself and then reflecting later. Um, I would also say, like, for me... Um, it's really creating and holding a space for me per- personally for like the different things that I know make me happy right mm-hmm. so like ensuring like this week um, I've been fasting between 9 and 6 and really even the way I've been starting my mornings I would I would say it's more so of a fast I really don't interact on social media I haven't been scrolling on social media I haven't been going through people's stories like that I might post on my story only Right, and if I'm going, I might go to a specific person's page that I know, write certain things um, that I enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna go strictly to their page, look through their story, and, and that's it, and then I'm getting off. But I'm not doing any of the most. So I think that for me has created a checks and balance system to avoid self-sabotage. And really focusing on things I like. Oh, let me go work out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. oh, let me make sure I schedule this appointment with my therapist. Um, mm-hmm. Because when we're talking about, you know, this idea of self-sabotage, like you said, it, it's a lot of checking in with yourself mm-hmm. before you do something that will become a hindrance potentially to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have to create that checks and balance system on what that looks like for you. Is it right? Making a voice note. Is it right? Is it talking to a friend sometimes it can be a mixture of those things and go where your spirit leads. Are you grounding yourself with this fast? I'm really learning certain things that I know I need in order to be productive with myself and to be productive with or for other individuals Mm -hmm. going forward. And uh, before we jump into this rap that I know Brianna is so <laughs> okay. excited for, for today, right? Um, I just want to once again say if you came in late that today's topic was about self-sabotage. Um, and when we're talking about the ideas of self-sabotage, we are once again looking at ways that you have become or that you do things that become a hindrance to yourself. If you say, oh, I want to, you know, have X amount of dollars by the end of the year, but you don't budget.
1: Mm-hmm. right
0: you're sad how are you gonna you're not budgeting you're not keeping up with your financial plans you're not really setting financial goals to keep track of or setting realistic expectations on how much you need to save to reach that number that is an example of self-sabotage when you realize that you're in a health, un- unhealthy space and you're continuing to to date knowing that you're mm-hmm. not a healthy individual or a person that how can you date someone if you yourself are not healthy you're reaching for something or if you are dating someone and you've realized that this is a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. and you're holding on to it you're stopping yourself from leaving and getting the growth you need and possibly meeting a healthier person somewhere down the line anything that causes a hindrance to you is you stopping yourself from getting what your just do is if you like sometimes it may be like dang i want to apply for this job i think i'll be dope at it but Someone with seventeen years of experience might also apply. Bump them. If it's for you, it's gonna be for you. Go ahead and apply. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and submit that resume because I've got the only way to get a job is to actually apply for it, mm-hmm. right? And to do your best to get it. So we want to make sure that you have those checks and balances and have some good friends <laughs> that can tell you, "Hey yo, what are you doing? Why are you stopping? Why are you selling yourself short? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you stopping yourself from obtaining the things that you want to obtain?" Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You ready to rap? Um, I guess so, girl. You <laughs> don't, don't look don't look so excited, bro. <laughs> oh, you going first? Huh? You going first? What? You going first. No, we going together. We going together. Yeah. Okay, All right. Mm. <laughs> hmm <laughs> That's crazy. uh uh Uh-huh. Uh, uh. it's wrapped in my and real good gotta keep a hood yeah you know we keep it hood self-sabotage we don't like to do that should uh uh yeah my name is for show uh uh and if i don't like to know yeah, i'ma show to the dough uh then i'm gonna get some dough uh uh I like to keep it real and I like to do my thing. Twerking on the stand and you know I keep it main. You know I keep it trill and you know I keep it good. You know LaShondra Johnson, yes, she stay in the hood. Driving with her people, yes, she keep it really going. And she like to keep it flowin' with some rope and some champagne. Cause she don't like chicken, Uh, but I taste finger licking. Uh, uh. that up all right and with that being said you know we got to end with these bars in the holster pouring up a drink, put my name on the poster. Women who can rap make you come a little closer. Step out the whip, drop a tip to my chauffeur. New guest on my list. Champagne's by my hips. Woo! It's time to get lit. Y'all know what it is. It is. Rap, 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 and mimosas. Thank you all for tuning in. Catch up on the last week's episode. This is the fourth episode of season three. Woo! And I look forward to seeing you next week. You never know who I might have on. See you then. Oh that ended it.